And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to clap, and it's going to kind of sync everything together, and we're going to be in it from that point forward. All right? Oh, uh, yeah. Good. Yeah, that was great. Do you want to do that again? No, no, no. Right. No, you should do that again. I'll do it again. Sorry. Howdy and welcome to Your Why. Today we have a great episode planned for y'all today. We have Taylor Rayner and Tiffany Pham on from CIS Community and Schools. And we have my co-host, Joseph Clam, that will be on as well. Now, Joseph isn't with me right now. Uh, as everyone knows, this is a weird time in the United States and in the world with the coronavirus, COVID-19 outbreak. And so... Actually, whenever we recorded this episode, Joseph was having to go into a uh, important meeting, so we had to cut our. We weren't able to record our intro and our outro that day, and we said, "Okay, we'll get to it another point." And obviously, things have that was two weeks ago. Things have continued to escalate as we have been pushing that back, and so it's just me right now recording the intro and the outro, and so. You know, we're going to keep it short and we're just going to really bring you all the interview this week. There's a lot happening. And so with that, we've been trying to figure out where the podcast comes in. And so I'm going to talk a little bit about what the future of the podcast kind of looks like and everything like that going forward at the end of this episode. So please stay tuned for that. And here's some good information there. All right. We're going to go ahead and jump into that interview, though, with uh, Tiffany and Taylor. They just are very wise, and very passionate about what they're doing. And that's probably the biggest thing I took away was just their passion they had for it. And hopefully you can feel that passion too, and it can get you excited to go and find your own passion like that and find your own purpose, your own why. So let's go ahead and get to that. All right, we're with Taylor Rayner and Tiffany Pham. Did I say that right? Yes. I have a history of mispronouncing names, so I'm glad I said it right. Um, So do you all want to introduce yourselves and your job titles, where you work, and all that stuff? Sure. Yeah, I can start. Um, my name is Taylor Rayner, and I work with communities and schools, and I am one of the student support managers over at Northbrook High School in Spring Branch ISD. And I am Tiffany Pham. I'm also a work for Communities and School of Houston. I'm a student support manager at Westchester Academy for International Studies. And my name is Joseph Clamp. I'm an executive pastor here at Chapelwood and a big supporter of Communities and Schools. Uh, and also on the uh, <laughs> Board of Trustees with Spring Branch. Yeah. We're very excited about Communities and Schools being here. Y'all do a lot of great work in Houston and all around. Um, and so, yeah, we're excited to dive into that. So do y'all kind of want to, I don't know if you want to tag team this or if one wants to take this over, but kind of give us an over, like, 3,000-foot view of what Communities and Schools is. That'd be great. Sure. A lot. <laughs> yes, we're everywhere. We do it all. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think we can give a little bit of background about Communities and Schools first, probably. Mm-hmm. So Communities and Schools has been around, actually, for a very long time. Um, it originated up in New York. Um, and so it's a national organization. So there are what are called affiliates all over the country um, in many different districts in many different states. But in terms of Houston, Communities and Schools of Houston has been around, we're in our 41st year now, yeah. and, and and on 167 campuses um, yeah. in Houston ISD, Spring Branch ISD, A-Leaf, uh, Fort Bend, and in the Lone Star College System. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and we're constantly expanding. expanding. Anytime we meet with 
supervisors, our CEO, Lisa Descant, it's like, oh, we're in, you know, 157 campuses. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're in 162. Now mm-hmm. we're at 167, and that's from just last week. So um, it's a fantastic organization. Yes. Yeah, that's great. Um, yeah, Community Schools does a lot of cool things. Joseph, do you want to kind of give maybe what you have worked with Community Schools and kind of your experience with them and what they do? Yeah, so as a pastor here at Chapelwood, we are really connected with Spring Branch ISD. And, and so I've been on staff for 23 years now here at Chapelwood and have worked with different elementary schools, middle schools, and high schools um, throughout those years. Um, and one of the things that I've noticed um, is that the need on campuses has greatly increased over the years uh, for support, particularly in the social-emotional uh, side of things. And um, as a district that has has some natural restrictions on it and restraints in, uh, in regards to finance and... Um, uh, and personnel, you can't always uh, address all the needs. And so one of the, I, I kind of learned a little bit about CAS uh, many years ago through some of our church members who are serving on the Houston uh, board, uh, as well as the national board, and uh, started to learn about the role CIS plays on campuses. And in Spring Branch, it's been primarily on our Title I campuses, where mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, it was one of those things that the school district uses a certain percentage of funds that come in from federal dollars. Uh, and then CIS does a significant amount of fundraising um, to, to cover that. And so it really is a partnership. Uh, and so uh, for you guys, y'all are on Spring Branch campuses and yet they're CIS employees. Yeah. But you would view yourselves as Spring Branch ISD team, team members as well. Yes, yes definitely. So it, it's, it's like dual citizenship almost, yeah. Yeah. where yes. <laughs> they are both both and. Um, and. And some of my interactions with some of our church leaders has been um, identifying campuses that are not Title I, therefore do not qualify for federal dollars or district dollars, and really taking it upon themselves to raise up leaders in the community to raise funds to have um, counselor CIS um, uh, specialist on those campuses. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that has begun to happen over the last several years. Yeah. Um, so I've been really, really impressed and pleased with uh, not only the work that CIS has done in the past, but um, I mean, I would tell you that that lives uh, are changed because of our CIS staff members that we have. Um, families are, are changed because of uh, the CIS staff members that are pouring in uh, and impact is made. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, I, I haven't had a lot of exposure to CIS, um, but getting ready for this episode, I was reading up about it and I was on the website and I was just blown away with all the stuff that CIS does with the case management and interacting with these students. And it's more than just a one pronged approach. You know, there was multiple things that, hey, this is how we're meeting them in this area of life. This is how we're meeting them in this area of life. Mm-hmm. And it just seems super thought out in its approach and it's methodical. And I'm sure that is because each student's different. I'm sure it helps. Yeah. Each of the areas <laughs> have pro, um, has a different impact on each student. So it's nice to have such a wide and thought out approach. Yeah. 
Right. It's super comprehensive. You know, mm-hmm. we look at what tiered approach needs to happen, mm-hmm. and then we look at different dimensions of, in a holistic way, of that student, how they operate through the systems in their lives, and what barriers they have. Mm-hmm. And we try to bring the community support to the students because we're out there. We just went to a networking. Um, event on Monday just trying to get more information and different partners bringing them into the schools and helping us provide the services to the students on our campuses. Awesome. I mean in a lot of ways Evan it's it's that old adage of it takes a village to to raise a child right (laughs) and and where you have faith communities like Chapelwood that are stepping in and engaging in the 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 community at a level that's outside of the walls of the of the faith community uh, but then you also have these partnerships that are significantly impacting mm-hmm. the lives mm-hmm. of the families recognizing that from a from a school district's perspective there's there are limitations yeah. and, and so yeah. just because there are limitations does not mean that um, we go to the edge uh, of responsibility and then just trust someone else is going to take care of it outside. Yeah, right. right? Yes. Right? There, there's yeah. a there's an element of CIS folks have resources outside of of the district that can then bring in and partner to meet the the very basic needs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. So, kind of diving in to CIS at a little bit of a deeper look, we like to on this podcast kind of take the golden circle approach and ask these three questions of why, how, and what. And we like to start with the question of why. So, okay. like, why? Like, what is the why? What is the purpose behind CIS um, and its motivation for what it does? I think we just saw the need. I think back in forty-one years ago, there was a need that the students needed a community support, right? Bringing the community together to support the students, empowering them to stay in school, graduate, and achieve in life. So that's kind of our mission, that's our motto. And um, we have student support specialists and managers on the campus doing that, providing like support and guidance, college um, readiness and career readiness. We provide family engagement. We also try to get our own students to give back to the community and volunteer and do those things. And it's great to see them succeed in that way. It really is because, you know, when you look at communities and schools as a whole, like in the mission statement, it, you know, echoes exactly what Tiffany is explaining there is that it, the goal is to graduate and achieve in life and succeed in school. And a lot of that revolves around eliminating the barriers that are standing between the student and graduating and skill building. Like, what skills do we need to equip the students with to succeed, to achieve in life, and to have something upon graduating that they can build on and take with them for the rest of their life? Mm -hmm. And that, that I think, is what makes CIS so unique. Yeah. So... You, you talked about right there about this, you know, you identify barriers and skills that these students need to be learning. Mm-hmm. How do you do that? How do you identify what the barriers are and how do you identify what these skills are that these students need to be learning? Assessment. They're, yeah, assessment. <laughs> they're building the relationship. We believe why we're on campuses to build these one-on-one relationships with them because it's the relationships, right, that gets them in, talking to us, getting to know them, getting to know what are the barriers, what are the needs, what are they really interested in, and then start building those skills to help them. 
yeah. keep in mind. Because sometimes it looks like academic barriers. Sometimes it looks like the tangible barriers when mm-hmm. it comes to resources. Like what are what are very tangible needs that exist in their world, in their family's world, in their home world, um, and in their school world. And so when you are able to identify those, and it's a it's a TEA program as well. So we have some help in the identification process of mm-hmm. what students um, using data, right? We use mm-hmm. at-risk lists. We use um, specific tools provided by the district and TEA to identify students. And then when you begin meeting with them and you are looking at their situation as a whole and you have those conversations and you build that relationship you build the trust naturally it just Mm -hmm. comes out like what what are they facing and and some of the some of what we do is looking at the situation situation and identifying barriers that they might not even know exist Mm -hmm. you know because we we work with marginalized communities too so Mm -hmm. some of these systematic issues come up in the process as well so, so I think it's really interesting to, to think about this from almost out of an educational approach to say, yeah. you know, within the sci- scientific method, right, you would have this mm-hmm. hypothesis. Uh, and I think in past approaches, whether it's from a state or federal level, the hy- a hypothetical uh, understanding of, of what is the real issue mm-hmm. can be created. But yeah. until you get boots on the ground, until you have mm-hmm. some fo- somebody mm-hmm. who's going to be sitting among Students who would be classified marginalized and say, well, well, why? You know, well, what's the driver? And it may, you know, 41 years ago when CIS began, the the issues that caused students to drop out and 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 not complete their educational journey, they were different. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And, and yeah. even over the last sure. 10 mm-hmm. years, mm-hmm. I think CIS has been, uh, in a lot of ways, on the forefront to recognize hey, there's a, 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 a mental and an emotional yeah. side of, of obstacles that, that we, we're missing. Right. Um, and those are the obstacles that are really hard to overcome. And right. so I know that there's been a, 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 a concerted push. effort yeah. to say the folks that we have in our schools are, are trained and yeah. they are – and a lot, a lot of times they're emotional first responders. Mm-hmm. Right? We're all trained. Crisis response. First, yeah, <laughs> first responders. And then most of the uh, managers to support managers are all licensed and, you know, trained in that to yeah. assess and provide that. Yeah. And that's different than even was 10 years ago. Right. Right. Yeah. right. And yeah. they're moving towards that. And yeah. I know like Tiffany and I, we've known each other for quite a few years now. We were in the same graduate program. So we mm-hmm. have backgrounds in social work, but we mm-hmm. have... Uh, so many different mental health professionals, yeah. um, licensed professional counselors, licensed master of social workers, licensed clinical social workers, mm-hmm. and um, licensed chemical dependency counsel counselors. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, we have a whole mental health initiative through CIS, too, mm-hmm. that's pushing this and making sure that there's um, feet on the ground on campuses yeah. providing those mental health services. And we have more partners now, even. Like yeah. Nick Finnegan comes to both of our school. We have Depelchin. We have a ton of other mental health professionals coming yeah. in too. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. And it's cool to hear there isn't a, it's not a cookie cutter method, right? Like oh, there's yeah. not no. this overall, oh, we think every kid's going to fit into this category, right? And this is how we're going to solve it. But hearing that personal side to it and how there is this relationship being built and how you can meet these students where they're at, that is so neat to hear. And I'm sure, again, these students probably this, you know, for them to be met where they're at probably 
the impact on them is immense and just to feel mm-hmm. cared for and loved in those yeah. situations. And to hear that too. Like when yeah. I when I meet with students for the first time, I usually say, so a lot of what we do is provide support. Now that can mean a thousand different things for a thousand different students. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's great. So kind of moving into this last question, uh, you know, moving from, okay, so we identify barriers and we provide skills. What does that look like once you've identified them and the particular student, what does that look like in the actual physical steps that you're taking with these students? Um, what are the programs and other things that CIS does? Well, like we have like the our three tiers, right? So like school-wide, you know, events, we have our targeted groups, and then we have our individuals. So once we've identified barriers, assess them, what their needs are, we meet with them individually, we bring in our partners, and they can do groups. Um, we do school-wide events, like if, you know, with needs, we have food truck, you know, having the mobile food truck come out. For our pre-K centers and kindergarten, uh, elementary centers, we have the dental mobile truck will come, right, for kids who don't have access to that, right? Um, and then getting them um, access to those things, and then we bring on our partners as well. Yeah, yeah so in, in terms of what it looks like to draw it out on paper, like once we identify, we go through that assessment phase, and at the beginning of the year, we plan a lot of our services. Yeah. We look at you know, the campus as a whole, what the demographics mm-hmm. look like, what are the needs there. We work with our principals and our administrative staff and our counseling teams and everybody that is also part of the, the campus family and, and look at what needs to happen. And so once we've built that relationship with the student, we kind of look at what services do we have? Are they a good fit for those services? What can I do on an individual level, a group level, a school-wide level? But also, if if we're not if we're not able to meet the exact needs of those students, we refer. Mm-hmm. We say, here are all of these places where you can go to get this service, receive that mental health support. Let's mm-hmm. look at your insurance. You don't have insurance? Let's look at that. Like so, we we use a lot of different methods, and that kind of ties back to the individualized student and their system and what it looks like. Um, and so throughout, we, we follow them. So we are there for the whole school, but we also, what's called like comprehensively case manage a certain number of students that's designated by TEA. Mm-hmm. And so those are students that might need a little bit more intensive type following for a certain amount of time. Mm-hmm. Um, so we kind of take the approach that, you know, we're trying to meet the needs of everybody and then we take a smaller group and make sure that we're following them a little bit more closely. And I think it's um, just one of the stories that I've loved um, that has kind of come out of the CIS partnership. Um, Several years ago, one of our uh, lay leaders had identified uh, with their own child when when they would play middle school sports that some of the teams, particularly teams that were um, had a higher economically disadvantaged group in them, that they would play these sports within a district and you'd have the team that you could tell the kids had been on select leagues and had been playing you know organized sports for quite some time were absolutely destroying in competition Uh and and saying well all right they'll keep practicing to get better well that's that's a system that's not (laughs) equitable so it's a a system issue right and and we can recognize that that athletics does offer a a 
great connection to the school. It increases a connectedness to the school and the campus mm -hmm. and the community. Mm -hmm. And so our, our lay leader had identified and then started working with the recreation ministry here at mm -hmm. Chapelwood to find coaches to work with volleyball and basketball. Some of these sports where some of our kids in other schools were able to play in select leagues, right? Mm -hmm. And and now they're actually working, playing in leagues through SBMSA, playing in leagues through the, through the community and trying to close that gap. But also it, it came from the relationship with CIS of saying, hey, here are students that that really would benefit from being a part of a team mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and, and being yeah. a part of that structure. Uh, and yeah. you think, well, that's something that, you know, so many of our kids, they just take for granted and they get. Yeah. And yet we know that that's a part of the larger fabric of stability um, and and growing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And Cha I mean, Chapelwood is a huge partner of CIS. We can't yes. say enough about Chapelwood as a whole. This is my Chapelwood plug. But <laughs> yeah. I mean, the program like year round MANA and I know yeah. for students, yeah. our seniors and, you know, Tiffany has high schoolers at her campus, too. Um, the, the prom dress event, just yeah. meeting that sort of need, like mm -hmm. that kind of thing. I've, it's it's huge for students when you can pass out flyers and tell them about this program. Like, hey, are you going to prom? You're going to prom. Do you need a dress? Right. You need a free dress? Yeah. You know, and so that that yeah. is that's a that's a huge thing. It, may, yeah. it, it seriously it, makes a difference. Isn't that the beauty of the partnership? Because the CIA, you guys are on the campuses mm -hmm. and you can identify the real need and say, well, we got that covered. I mean, it, it's almost like that the work that we're all doing is just about removing obstacles. We're yeah. going to remove obstacles, whether they're real or whether they're perceived. We're removing yeah. obstacles mm -hmm. and, and really kind of opening the the future for all these students. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Now, yeah, I think it's great. It's been awesome for me to be able to help on the local side of serving here at Chapelwood as well and be a part of these programs like Flight 25 yeah. um, and, you know, Collegiate Challenge Collegiate and Challenge. being able to help with all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so, you know, it's, you know, there's an immense joy that comes whenever you're able to come and love on these students. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's almost times I feel like I walk away more, receiving more than I gave because Always. these cause yeah. these students are just, they're amazing. And to be able to help them and help them realize potential that they have in them and help yeah. them grow their dreams is, mm -hmm. it's really an amazing mm -hmm. thing. So, okay, we're going to move into our last part of the interview, though. Um, and so... You're having fun yet? Yeah, yeah this is <laughs> wonderful. Good. It's good. I'm glad you are. So this last part of the interview, we always like to ask whoever's on kind of what that personal road looked like, that personal journey for you to come where you're at now. And so I'm just going to leave it at that and kind of give you the free realm just to kind of each talk about what it looked like for you all to get where you're at now. Okay. 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 You, were, you were in it before me. So okay. <laughs> um, so are you asking specifically for CIS or just kind of in in general, like into the helping profession as a whole? Whatever, whatever is laying on your heart. <laughs> whatever is on what, their whatever your, your interpretation of the question is yes. part of the answer. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We'll, we'll, we'll go there. Um, I, I can say specifically for CIS and communities and schools as an organization, I first learned about communities and schools uh, when I was in graduate school, um, the program that mm -hmm. Tiffany and I were in um, at University of Houston Graduate College of Social Work. Woo! And um, one of our professors had worked for CIS for a very long time and spoke very highly of it. And so I took a school social work class and I learned more about CIS and 
the unique and amazing and very impactful work that they do. And I was just in awe of the organization and, and the work that is possible and the ability to build the kind of relationship that you can with the students. And like Tiffany was talking about earlier, that's a, that's the difference maker in a lot of situations. And, you know, schools are a unique place. And yeah. having CIS in schools and, and the access to the students and the families and having that built-in kind of case consultation and to be able to triangulate information with teachers and counselors and um, and students and sometimes peers refer other peers so mm-hmm. it's it's just a unique place to do um, really great work and so in terms of going for CIS I was working at a hospital previously and I think I was missing that I was missing the the long-term really building relationships mm-hmm. with the clients that I was working with and so that drew me to CIS but to, as as for the social work profession and the helping profession, um, I come from a background of helping professionals in my family. You know, my mom was a, a school guidance counselor. My sister is, a, is currently a school guidance counselor, and it was kind of ingrained in my patchwork of my family. <laughs> you know, this act, this idea of, of service and, um, you know, providing service to, to communities. <clears throat> so I can think back at least when I was when I was younger my mom you know going and and getting things for students and trying to make sure that they have everything that they need and so it just kind of became part of who I was and so I felt very inclined to move into the field as well um so I got into CIS because Taylor was getting (laughs) was already working at CIS And so I also came from, we went to grad school together and we've always been really close ever since then. And I was working at an inpatient psych hospital and I've always been drawn to psych and behavioral mental health and things like that. And working at the psych hospital, I learned a lot and I loved it, but it was just not enough time. Like the kids are only staying with us, what, seven to 10 days max, right? And then I ship them off to hopefully an outside provider and I don't get to follow up with them and I don't know what happens with them. And so I was missing that piece. I wanted the follow up. I wanted to make sure that the family and they were okay. So whenever Taylor was telling me that CIS had an opening, I applied and that's why I wanted to get in and I love it. I love being able to build that relationship. I get to see them um, having access to them, right? Like I see them Monday through Friday and they know exactly where I'm at. and um, I didn't have that at the hospital before that. And then same with my road to social work and the helping profession. My mom's the pre-K kindergarten teacher, also ingrained in our DNA basically to grow up and help others. And um, she also volunteers at churches and is always getting donations for her students. So just seeing that, and that's what I wanted to do too. Yeah, it's so cool to actually like see the change too mm-hmm. with the students. Yes. Like you can see you can see it happening in, in almost it. real time, and mm-hmm. it's just so rewarding right? to see that. It's it's cool. From the beginning of August to now, like some of my students are passing all of their classes. Right, they have better relationships with their peers, with their teachers, with their own family members. It's just within just a school year time, right? Wow. And like my seniors are graduating, and it's just. I'm so interesting. <laughs> I know. And I'm at, at the middle school, too, because Westchester is middle school and high school, and seeing my little sixth graders coming in all nervous and anxious and 
not knowing anybody and now they're like running around playing with everybody talking to everybody it's just it's really nice to see yeah yeah i think so this podcast your why you know it's kind of started on this idea of bringing people to talk about what they're passionate about and what it looked like for them to identify that passion and now live it out Mm -hmm. and it's, I can tell hearing both of you talk about your stories and how you've come to where you're at, there's this deep-rooted passion that just, and it's contagious. And I think that's what I've experienced as I've worked with all these different nonprofits and organizations. Whenever you hear these people talk about it and they get emotional and passionate about it, you can't help hearing that. But like, now I want to go and <laughs> be in the, like, well, you know, I want to be, yeah. yeah, you can <laughs> But like, there's a part of me that whenever I hear that, like my response is, I want to go experience that as well like to see people yeah. so passionate and so joyful in what they're doing i want to experience that as well um in that capacity well i mean i just want to comment i think it's interesting that both of you can trace the root of this call to your families mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. in childhood experiences whether they were uh intentional about your parents saying here's why we do what we do or whether it's just from an observation point and so when we think about a world that has more um, that has more folks like you guys in it mm-hmm. that are willing to step in, yeah. y- you trace it back to from a community side and, and even from uh, the, the singular, the family unit, mm-hmm. that we have a responsibility to our own kids as well as within the community mm-hmm. to point to this larger than self, larger than the individual type mm-hmm. mindset. Uh, of how do we teach the next generation that it's not about you, it's about how you serve mm-hmm. others. And, and and raising up the next generation yeah. of, of CIS workers and, sure. and guidance counselors mm-hmm. and preschool sure. teachers and, yeah. and folks. So I think that was really, I mean, that was unique because it, it, it reminds me not only as a father of my responsibility, but also as a leader in the church of our responsibility in the church to... Mm-hmm to talk to our kids about the focus on others. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, I totally agree. And I think, I mean, and that's a big why yeah. behind this podcast is that we're hoping that through hearing these stories and hearing what these organizations are doing, that this will stir up in people this, like, I want to go get involved. Yeah. I want to mm-hmm. go experience that mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. So, you know, the question I like to ask everyone is, what is your why? What is your purpose? What is your drive? Like you getting out of bed every morning to come do the same job day in and day out there, you know, and obviously there's a passion there. If you could identify what, what that is in like a statement, I'd love to hear that. That's a loaded why question. (laughs) (laughs) Laying it on thick. Um, Gosh, in terms of like my why, I think when you go into this type of work your heart is in it you have you like you said you have a passion for it and when you look through that lens you are constantly looking through that lens and so you want to be there you want to be there for the students you want to be there for the families uh, for that supportive measures mm-hmm. i think that's my my why because when you genuinely put your heart into your work it just it, although challenging it makes it fulfilling <laughs> yes um my why i think it's just i've 
came into social work wanting to help and help guide and it took me a while through my social work career to realize like I'm not their savior I'm just there to help support them and mm. help guide them on the right path and that looks different every day especially at the school levels and I love that I love being able to do something different every day it's not the same cookie cutter thing I'm going mm -hmm. into work so it's like exciting to wake up and like what are we gonna do today and who am I gonna talk to today and who is gonna smile and tell me like thank you or whatever it is right and mm -hmm. who I'm gonna be able to help so that's my why awesome uh, well thank you all uh, those were great answers and a lot of stuff to sit there and digest and uh, you know very motivating for me to hear <laughs> so kind of towards the end of the um, interview we always like to give our guests an opportunity to plug their stuff um, so you know CIS anything else that might be on your mind now's your chance to you know address the audience say whatever you want to say um, and so yeah I don't know I think I, I just think communities and schools of Houston is just it's such a great place to work we mm -hmm. are uh, like a family we really are when people start working for CIS you talk you go to our central office people have been there for 20 30 years yes. they've been there for a long time because mm -hmm. they believe in CIS and I think once you start doing the work you I know I've bought into it and I mm -hmm. believe in CIS mm -hmm. and then we also have a lot of like the partnerships and stuff but yes. people can come and through us and volunteer we have mentoring programs mm -hmm. and things like that so we bring mentors on for our middle school and high schoolers so if anyone's interested please contact you know, CIS, the Central Houston, you can go online and email us or even at a specific campus near your house, right? That you, you know, we can even at. make it easier than that. They can contact the Chapwood Serving Ministry and we can connect them with one of the campuses that we're already plugged in on. Yeah, uh, and there working, you go. Yeah. And working Bring with some the dresses CIS. for saying yeah. yes to the prom dress. Yes, prom is <laughs> coming up. So yes. we can yes. Yes. dresses and makeup, and whatever else. Men's jewelry. clothing yes. for the prom. <laughs> <laughs> yes. For the tuxedos yeah. and the suits. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a great point, though. Um, yeah, so if you're listening and you're looking for a way to contact, you can reach out to us on social media. Um, you can email me, enaring, E-N-E-H-R-I-N-G, at chapelwood.org. Go onto our website, contact us on there. We'll be able to point you in the right direction. But, yeah, that's a good point, Joseph. Um, yeah. Ha. Sometimes. That's <laughs> good point. Every once in a while. Uh, <laughs> okay, well, thanks for coming on. Um, it was a pleasure having, having us. Yes, thank you. This has been so awesome. Much. Yes, yeah, all fun. right. Uh, okay, so can I ask one question? Yeah, before yeah. We totally. So in the dual citizenship role of both CIS and SBISD, mm -hmm. what does that look like for you guys on your campus? Well, for us, we still go by um, Spring Branch, all the rules and regulations and things like that. For us, it could be with the our timing and things like that, like where we're spending our timing. Um, but we're pretty much just like Spring Branch uh, employees. We go to all the meetings and things like that. We have to abide by everything that's going on right now, right? So we have to fill out the forms, do this and that. And um, we, everybody, at least on my campus, I can speak for my campus, treats me just like a teacher or the actual um, an employee of Spring Branch. So it, it does feel as if, I mean, you're fully Spring I'm Branch. Yeah, I'm mm -hmm. family, yeah. And, I feel like and it. And fully CIS. Mm-hmm, yeah. 
Yeah. So, I mean, it can look a little bit different because, you know, we we're working with the district, but we're also working with our nonprofit. And so sometimes that can, we're following guidelines and those are intertwined with one another. And, you know, sometimes there's ethical things that come up because of, you know, maybe a district policy and a CIS policy that might not be perfectly aligned in the square peg and the square opening. Um, But it really does feel like when we're on campus, you know, I once you've been there for a little bit, you get to know the teachers, mm-hmm. you get to know the staff, and you, you're like a staff member because mm-hmm. you're there every day. We're, mm-hmm. we're there when students are in class. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in terms of, like, what it looks like for working with students, we have a CIS consent form because we're not technically, like, district, district, district people. Uh, we contract and we work with the district. Mm-hmm. Um, so that partnership, it gives us the ability to have the access to students that we need and be able to provide the services that we need. Um, and it's it's kind of a, a great happy medium, I think. <laughs> well, I will say that y- you can add to your citizenship not only CIS and Spring Branch ISD, but you can add Chapelwood because yeah. we yeah. love CIS. And yes. of course, we love our we school district. We have in-service here. It's great. Yes. We were talking yes. about yes. that earlier. Yes. We have in-service yeah. here. We're yes. here, you know. We're here quarterly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I always love it when it's a CIS training morning here because yeah. I get to see a lot of friends. And so yeah. Yeah. You, you are a part of the Chapelwood family too. So we're, awesome. we're glad. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Thanks again for coming on. All right. We are back now with just me again and again i hope that that was a great and fun interview for y'all to listen to and just be able to hear about you know people who have found a passion in life and are serving and doing that well um loved having joseph on wish she was here we had a lot of stuff we were planning on talking about in this intro and outro and maybe we'll get to that at some point but so with everything that's going on we have kind of talked and decided especially with the stay-at-home order that um Right now, what we're doing is not essential, and so we are going to be putting the podcast on hold for right now while we are meeting other needs in the community and while we're waiting for things to die down. Uh, you know, and we'll hopefully be able to come back soon, and we are excited about that. We're excited about talks about things we might be doing when we come back and some other things that we might be doing in the meantime, and so follow us on social media and keep up and we'll be keeping all up to date there and hopefully we're able to come back soon um in the meantime if you've not watched any of our episodes you can go ahead and watch some of those listen to some of those um but yeah you know this is the time that we talk about finding your why finding your passion and being able to bring that in real life you know this is a great situation where a lot of people with a lot of different talents and a lot of different passions are coming together to serve and love on each other and god's name is going to be glorified through this and so i'm excited to see that happen and i'm excited uh for in the future whenever that is that we're able to all sit down together and talk about you know people's why and what they are doing to change the world and what god is doing through them so till that next time people go ahead and find your why